This is Johnny Pierce with Good Faith Media. Welcome to another episode of Good Faith Reads. Today we're discussing a timely topic, leadership, with two persons who've given a lot of thought and practice to this matter. Bob Dale has been a trusted friend to congregations and their leaders for several decades as a seminary professor, denominational leader, consultant, and author. Currently, he shares his gifts and experiences as a coach with the Center for Healthy Churches. Bill Wilson, a longtime pastor and organizational leader, is the founding director of the Center for Healthy Churches. He and Bob are co-authors of the Nurturing Faith book, Weaving Strong Leaders, How Leaders Grow Down, Grow Up, and Grow Together. Welcome, friends. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Good to be here. Bill, you work with congregational leaders all around the country. How about giving us some context of why is leadership such an important topic at this time? Well, uh, probably at no time in my now almost five decades of work in congregational life have I ever sensed the pressures that leaders are under or that congregations are under in finding and cultivating good leaders. Um, you know, healthy leadership right now <laughs> is in short supply, quite honestly. We find in our culture, at least, many of the models and the people held up as examples of leaders to be very counterintuitive to what Jesus taught and to what we find works best in congregations. And so in my mind, anything that can help us cultivate leaders and deepen the, the leadership qualities of those that we have is a welcome addition to the, to the scene. And that's certainly what this book does. Bob, how does this book, Weaving Strong Leaders, seek to accomplish its purpose? And what do you mean by leaders growing down and growing up and growing together? Well, most leadership books are one-dimensional. They're pretty flat when you read them. They're trying to deal with a single issue generally. Um, so the growing down is a matter of putting together your own theology Growing up is a matter of maturing uh, through life, developing uh, new, new skills and new possibilities, and growing together is when a group of people, congregation, a committee, a leadership group, uh, puts together a team that really works. Bill, how is the book structured and what roles did the two of you take as co-authors? You know, it's interesting. Uh, this is this is mostly Bob's work. I'll, I'll confess, it, in baseball analogy, you know, the, the greatest duo of brothers in home run hitting in the major leagues were Hank Aaron and Tommy Aaron. And Hank hit about 900,000 home <laughs> runs and Tommy hit four. I'm Tommy Aaron in this book. Bob is the guy who carries the weight. But the way we structured it, it is that Bob has this – wonderful imagery of, uh, of weaving leadership and, and can speak at length about uh, the theory. What I did in the book was come back and say, here's what that looks like on the ground in my life and the life of others. And so 
if you read the book, you'll find a, a kind of yin-yang conversation going on between us about this idea and then what that looks like when someone in a local church tries to live it out. And it's, it's a fun way to write and to, we think it's a good way to read and even to interact with the material. Yeah. Bob, let's dig into that uh, weaving motif a little more. Why did you choose that and uh, how does it address leadership? Well, as I said, uh, leadership books typically are one dimensional and uh, to bring together the warp and the woof of, uh, of a product and, and let them interact, let them talk together makes a lot of difference. Um, I realized pretty early in working on this book that um, I needed a, a voice that was current. Um, I've, I've been retired 15 years now, and so I'm looking uh, at retirement in a whole different way, a, a fuller orbed way. And so Bill, um, we, we used the consultant's loom to let him come in and observe about his own background, his own work currently. So that, that really helped the book, I thought. I thought it gave it a big shot in the arm. There are likely uh, leaders listening to this podcast who feel really under-equipped and overwhelmed at this moment. They're encountering things they never imagined, were never trained to encounter. Will each of you say a word to the leaders out there? Uh, Bill, let's start with you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could say a lot of words to them. And actually, you know, Johnny, I spend many hours a day talking to clergy or laity leaders about leadership issues. One of the things I think this book says, and we try to say at the center on a regular basis is think deeper, not wider. That, that many of the clergy I deal with think that somehow the answer is out there. If I can just read one more book and and here we are talking about a book, but you know, it, it's if I can just go find the right guru to say the right words and the right formula and get the right model out there. And, you know, what Bob is saying in the material and what I've found personally is when I quit looking outside and began looking inside and began work doing the hard work, honestly, of digging deeper and not just wider suddenly things began to align and make sense. And I began to work out of my strengths and not my fears. And what I would say to clergy is there, there is no magic elixir to solve all these issues. The, the, the magic is where Jesus said it was. It's in your heart. And so healthy leaders and in, in my mind, in this season of life where there's so much coming at us in so many ways and so many curves being thrown our way, uh, rather than go, go out looking for some magic cure, I think it's a spiritual journey inward and even downward. And so in, in Bob's language, you know, to go back and rediscover your call and to th think through your gifts and to and as we grow leaders to grow them organically and not artificially, so to speak, um, 
that's a, that was a, a, a great aha for me personally in my ministry. And as we were working on this book, this is, that, that is gold stuff right there. People will pay attention to it. Uh, tr- quit trying to be somebody else. Find out who God intended you to be in your place and position and live into that calling and that unique giftedness. Bob? Well, uh, I'd say amen to what Bill just said. To, to grow down is to grow, I think, um, in theology. Uh, you know, we, we often, we take courses in theology and we assume that they sort of anchor us, but a lot of times they don't because we don't take them seriously enough. So that's the growing down part. The growing up part is maturing. And the, one of the challenges of maturation is to make sure at each stage and level of maturation that uh, you have updated your faith so that, um, you know, 30 is not like uh, 15 and uh, 50 is not like 30. And then uh, to bring it all together um, so that it's practiced in a way that's, that's strong and focused and balanced, that's, that's the challenge. That's the growing together. So uh, I hope this book uh, makes a difference in people's lives because I hope it makes them think more broadly. We will be right back in 15 seconds with more of Good Faith Reads. Becoming Like Christ is an excellent resource for teaching children to follow Jesus. Find it and other faith formation resources from the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship and Good Faith Media at goodfaithmedia.org slash bookstore. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined by Bob Dale and Bill Wilson, co-authors of Weaving Strong Leaders. The book Weaving Strong Leaders by Bob Dale and Bill Wilson is from Nurturing Faith, the imprint of Good Faith Media. It is available at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. This excellent book is part of a series called Healthy Church Resources, published through a collaboration of the Center for Healthy Churches, Good Faith Media, and the Eula May and John Ball Foundation, whose support we greatly appreciate. I want to ask you about congregational leadership um, and its uniqueness. Churches are full of leaders, people who are leaders in business and government and all kinds of places. And sometimes they impose their understanding of leadership in their arena onto congregations. Uh, one of the ways we see this is during the, uh, at least in the uh, Baptist or free church tradition in the search for a pastor where the person says, you know, I hired three people in two weeks. Why is it taken four months and you all have, don't have a new hire yet or whatever. Yeah. So uh, Bill, I know you deal a lot with congregations in uh, securing leadership, but also dealing with conflict management. 
um, conflict resolution, we hope. Uh, what is unique about congregational leadership as opposed to leaders in other arenas? Well, you, t you touched on several things that are, that are pretty common conversations for us. Um, yeah, I had someone recently say, I hire 400 people a year. I got this. <laughs> as we were beginning our orientation session for a search team. And when we got through the orientation, he came up to me and said, I hire 400 people a year. I have no idea how to do this. This is different. I went, right. Now, you're a superintendent of education. I get it. But this is a very different approach. And one of the things I think what congregations could do for themselves is to, to, to do some theological reflection on how they make decisions around leadership. And so when we work with a congregation, we drill it in from the beginning and people get tired of hearing about spiritual discernment versus human decision-making. Mm -hmm. that, that there is, in uh, God's people, among God's people, there is a higher authority than your preferences or your biases or your prejudices, even your opinions. And I'll say occasionally to a search committee or to a personnel committee, I don't care what you think. <laughs> this isn't about what you think. You know, all of us are renters here. This is not our church. It's not your church. I know you think it is, but unless you got two holes in the palms of your hands and a slice in your side, this isn't your church. And so the, the, the ownership mentality that these people work for us and that we're going to hire them and that we're going to kind of impose corporate models upon them really does ignore the true nature of ministry and of calling and of servant leadership. And what it especially ignores is the notion that there is a higher authority than just majority opinion. What, what we know about conflict transformation, Johnny, is how we like to say it, is uh, nearly every conflict that we have been engaged in over the course of now a decade at least, I think I can say this, I can trace it to a bad call, either a lack of clarity around expectations or just a, you know, a round peg square hole kind of thing, or somebody misrepresented something or didn't really understand themselves. And so discernment um, on the front end of engaging staff uh, among lay people is absolutely critical to a healthy and successful tenure. And then once they get in, I think the kind of material that we're talking about in this book really does help them to, like we said, grow down and not just grow out, which is what most churches struggle with anyway. We always want to go the surface route and not the depth, deep route. So that's a long answer. But boy, this is, this is what we live in every day with congregations. Bob, as a coach, I'm sure you deal with the uniqueness of congregational leaders. Uh, what might you add to that? Well, I would say amen to all of it. And I would uh, say that discernment in Greek is the word to sift. So I think that's a process of taking it slow and easy and discovering and uh, then putting your discoveries to work. Um, as Bill was talking, I was thinking about going to a, a party up in D.C. where uh, it turned out they needed greeters. 
And so this fellow and I went and sat on the front porch and greeted people as they arrived. And I knew a little about him. I knew he had been a Navy SEAL. I knew he was in line to become an admiral, but he had retired from the military because his wife was having health issues and was going to become incapable of functioning by herself. So we talked about uh, Admiral McRaven. I don't know if you all know him or not, but he's the um, provost down at the University of Texas and has written a couple of really, really good books, an awfully sharp guy. And so I, I was talking with him about McRaven and he started talking about being a Navy SEAL commander. And at that point, I just shut up and listened. <laughs> you know, th this is a world I didn't know. And I wanted to learn about leadership. And he said, 30 years as a Navy SEAL commander, he never gave a direct order. And I thought to myself, wow. You know, here's a guy who has people's lives in his hands, and he creates teams that function as teams. That, that is quite a difference. That's quite a testimony. And I wish, I wish our church groups could function so that nobody has to be the boss or give the order that, that we just do the work we're called to do and we do it well enough and fairly enough that nobody has to give a command. In the next episode of Good Faith Reads, we will turn our attention with these same two guests to another book in the Healthy Church Resources series, To Dream Again, Again by Dr. Bob Dale. Thanks to our guests and listeners for joining us today for Good Faith Reads. And be sure and visit the online bookstore at goodfaithmedia.org.